Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're in a series called Financial Fitness and Being Good Stewards with What God Has Given You. A topic that strikes fear in the hearts of many, but the message today is called Crossing Over. The tithe is God's bridge to move my heart from fear to faith. Grab a Bible if you have one nearby. Pastor Sean's going to back it all up. It's time for Real Life Radio. Well, you may be here, you may be new, you may have no idea of what this thing called the tithe is. Let me walk you real quickly through the scriptures and show you this principle. In Genesis chapter 14, 20, it's the first mention that we have. There was possible indication of even earlier. But Genesis 14, 20, Blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. He's talking about Melchizedek. Abraham gave Melchizedek, the priest of the most high God. Hebrews 7, 2 says that Melchizedek means king of righteousness and also king of Salem, king of peace. Kind of a mysterious character. Many people believe it was a pre-incarnation manifestation of Jesus Christ himself. We're just told he is the priest of God. But Abraham, having gained spoils of war from delivering his his nephew Lot, gave a tenth of everything to this Melchizedek. Leviticus 27.20. Now Moses is writing under inspiration of the Spirit in the law. 27 verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The tithe was this idea that whatever you make, God would like you to take a tenth. God commands and instructs to take a tenth and give that back for ministry. It's all God's, we understand, but a tenth was holy unto the Lord. It was for the purpose of caring for the ministers, the priests, the Levites, the maintenance of the place of ministry and worship. For religious celebration, the declaration of God's glory throughout the earth. For the poor and needy, benevolence ministry. That's what the tithe was for. Some people think the tithe ended when we went into the New Testament. Actually, it didn't. We have to understand, Jesus, his disciples, all the founders of the early church were all Jews, and they all tithed. In fact, Jesus talked about where the Pharisees had kind of gone sideways in their whole faith, but they remained very faithful to the tithe. In Matthew 23, 23, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. He said they would get, someone give them a little baggie of spices, they would divvy up a tenth and make sure they tithe. And Jesus says, well, that's great. He says, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. In other words, you're missing the whole point of the tithe. You're missing all of it if you miss the heart of God. The Apostle Paul, when he went and began planting churches among the Gentiles, he shared with him 1 Corinthians 16, 1-4. Listen to what he says. Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. Verse 2, on the first day of every week when they met, Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. What do you think he's talking about? This is a Jewish believer practicing the tithe, teaching the tithe. He doesn't use the exact word, but it's the same idea. The percentage of your income. Saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gifts to Jerusalem. 
Some tried to dismiss the tithe, saying it was the, the law. It was under the law, it's past. Well, Abraham was before the law. Jesus, obviously, after. I heard one preacher say it this way, and he obviously said it in a really loud, kind of southern, motivational speaker way, which was pretty entertaining, but I'll spare you that. He said it this way, Abraham commenced the tithe, Moses commanded the tithe, Jesus commended the tithe, and Paul continued the tithe. Who are you to cancel the tithe? I'm like, that's pretty good. (laughs) It was better southern and loud, though. I think in this idea of this biblical idea of a tithe, this is so much more than just a command. It is a covenant. There is a covenant of provision. And I believe that God designed this. I believe this is an answer to Jesus' statement. How, Lord, will we train our hearts? How will our finances, where your treasure is there, your heart will be? I believe this is the answer to exactly how God provided for us to do that. And I believe that when we tithe, there are three very powerful faith declarations that happen every time we tithe. Think about this. Think about the discipline of every time I'm paid. And since Lori and I got married, this has been the the actual result and the thing. Every time we get paid, we have an opportunity to make these faith declarations and to train our heart. The first declaration, very simply, God is faithful to keep his word. The tithe is a faith declaration that God is faithful to keep his word. Jesus said, Father would meet my needs. So I'm going to carry out this step of obedience, and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to take him to his word, take him at his word. Malachi chapter 3, 8 through 12, the Lord is speaking through the prophet under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but God is asking rhetorical questions here. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vine in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. There are two very powerful ways that God is saying, if you will be obedient in this covenant of the tithe, I will bless you. The first, he says, he will increase your resources. He, did, he uses the phrase, open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing, you'll not have enough room for it. The second is to preserve your resources. He says, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops. The vine in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Because we've all experienced it. Just because you get paid more doesn't mean you're going to have more money. Isn't that a weird dynamic? You ever experienced that? You know, called being broke at a higher level? Really. Because with pay increases come an increase in the number of people, forces, whatever, that want to steal that and want to take it, use it. And if you're one of these folks who look back at kind of what you make now versus what you made 10, 15, 20, however long you have to look back. You look back and go, wow, I'm making twice what I made then. Why do I not feel like I have any more money today than I had then? Because there are things that as income increases, so do those things that will take it. And he says, not only will he increase your resources, but preserve your resources. And this phrase, we cannot... I cannot overestimate, I cannot overstate how significant this phrase, test me in this is. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness tempted by the, the devil and he said, God said if you jumped off the temple you wouldn't get hurt, so do it. 
He says you shouldn't put the Lord your God to the test. He was quoting from Deuteronomy that says, do not put God to the test. So this is kind of a big deal. When the Lord said this, all the religious people, they knew what was in Deuteronomy. And so they're like, what, really? God is saying, I want you to try it. Really. I want you to see, because I am faithful, I will bless you. I will provide for you. Try it and see. Mike McGuire was telling us how at his last church he actually did like a scientific experiment. It says, test me in this. So he did. Actually went to a professor of a college to check, make sure his sample sizes were big enough and that he was doing it right according to proper research methods. And he measured the not only financial kind of progress, but the spiritual other family issues. It just given people an inventory, a, a, a test at the beginning, and then one at the end where they defined certain things. And he saw unbelievable increase in all kinds of areas of someone's life because they became a tither. And he compared, he did a separate deal where he had two sample groups, those who tithed, those who didn't, and compared. Amazing. And God is saying, good, test me in this. Try it. See what happens. What his promise is, and, and his promise is that he will bless me more with 90% than I can with 100%. And you have to decide if you believe that. And you're like, well, I would believe it, but I'm okay at math. And 100% is always more than 90. Let me say it to you differently. What if 90% was in God's hands and 100% were in your hands? You think he could get a little more? You know, I'm talking about the Almighty, the great I am. That's what he's promising. He's saying when you tithe, now you are coming under this canopy of blessing that I want to provide for you, and I will bless your resources more. I will bless 90% more than you could do with 100%. And when you understand it's the Almighty saying, I will provide, this is a covenant of provision, you go, wow, I guess that's true. And now this is where we have to come to that place of deciding, do you believe that God can and will do that? Do you trust him? Because the tithe is fundamental statement, God is my provider. God, you're my provider. I trust you, and I will, I will trust you in this. And I believe you will do what you said you do. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you believe that? By the way, first fruits. That's why when we get the 10, 10, 80, that's why I make sure to try to say it. 10, 10, 80, not 80, 10, 10. Because the secret is first fruits. Every single person who has been a, an active longtime tither, who has, has seen God's blessing and who shares in that testimony, understands the secret is to tithe first. Because there will always be something to suck up. If you wait to tithe last, you will never get there. Because there's always something to take more money. It is an act of worship and a spiritual discipline that says, I will tithe first. And Lord, I am going to trust you to multiply, multiply and bless my resources beyond anything that I can imagine. And I am here to tell you, I have seen God do unbelievable things. I have a couple social security statements from when we were starting the ministry. And for a couple years, for two different years, Lori taught school at a small Christian school made a very low salary, Okay. My income off those Social Security statements, my income was $6,000 those years, starting the ministry. And I had, that was when Lauren was little, so I had Lauren at that time, and Lori was teaching school. I look at that and go, how did we possibly even make it? Because I know the home we lived in. I know I didn't lose a bunch of weight. In fact, I kept gaining, and I continued on quite nicely. 
I look back and see how God provided, how, he, how we always had transportation. We had a roof over our head. We didn't have, and it wasn't, it wasn't some shack. It wasn't anybody's mansion. It was just simple, but it was always more than what we needed. The cars we drove, yeah, they weren't beautiful, but they got us from point A to B, and we could afford them. And I just look back, and, and I look how much God blessed, and it's like, Lord, you have always been faithful like this. This is an qu- issue of what do you really believe? Whenever I share on finances, I'll have people share stories with me because they've seen God do things. This is one testimony that came in from some great folks in the fellowship, Bo and Connie Bowman. And they just have a story how God taught them and how they got to see it. Said their story started as soon, it started as soon as they got married. They were in debt, and it was like a chain hanging around their neck. We both came from large, loving families, but money was something you didn't talk about. It was private private. It was rude to talk about money in polite company. And because of that, they said they stayed in money trouble for years. At one point, they received a large sum of money through a stock sale of a company that Bo had helped start. They were young at the time, early 30s. They didn't seek any Christian guidance on how to handle the money. It was private. We looked to the experts. Well, the experts led them wrong. Their advice was based on fear and taking care of ourselves first, which was a huge mistake. They said we weren't putting God first when it came to money. Within 10 years, the money was gone due to some bad advice and changes in investment law, etc. We believe that God was teaching us lessons about how we viewed money. In the midst of a growing family and life, we justified not tithing our full 10% by saying, well, we're giving with our time. We gave of ourselves in service in the church. This was all good, but in the area of money, we hadn't turned it all over to God. We hadn't trusted Him. And God had some hard lessons that we needed to learn about trusting Him with our money. They said pride played a big role. I thought that was very honest and very astute because I think every one of us struggle with that issue of pride when it comes to money. We had to learn the hard way. They said they went through a time when checks started to bounce. They were in very real and serious financial trouble. The debt was taking a tremendous toll on our marriage. And of course, we couldn't talk to anyone, not friends, family, because we were embarrassed and because it's private. Two things were key to us moving out of this dark place. First, we committed to giving 10% of our money, not just our time. Giving time was great, but it didn't count towards the tithe. We needed to begin to give 10% of our finances in the tithe. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you that you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, It's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. 
River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to this message called Crossing Over. This is Real Life Radio. We also began the journey of being more transparent about our finances. By the way, that is a huge statement. You need to know what great advice you're being given right there. Being more transparent about our finances. That's one of those things where if you can find some trusted believers who you can be open and talk with, it's huge. Any area that has so much potential for sin and temptation, like the area of money, you better be aware of that. And wherever you can open that up to some trusted brothers and sisters, maybe in your community group, maybe a several people who you know who are believers, and you can be open about that and share. Openness brings a healthy accountability and brings release and forgiveness and freedom. Through this process, they learned we cannot outgive God. Every year we gave more and more, and God continues to increase and bless us in ways we could have never seen coming. Do you know how many times I've heard that story, different versions of it from different people? You've got to decide what you believe. That's faith versus fear. The tithe is God's bridge to move my heart from faith to fear. Every time I get paid, I have a chance to train my heart. God is trustworthy. God's way is better, and it's a discipleship journey. Second thing we declare every time we tithe is that I am not alone. I am not alone. I'm not walking through this alone. I'm a part of a Christian community. You see, the tithe is a statement of calling, commitment, and community. That's why he said when you tithe, it belongs in the storehouse. It belongs in the storehouse. Your Christian community, your church. If this is your church, your tithe should go here. If this is not your church, if you're a guest here, maybe, and you are part of another church, that's where your tithe should go. Now, there's offerings. Those are things we give out of the rest of our income. And those, as the Lord leads, and we give to ministries, we give to groups, we give to people, we give to all different kinds of things as the Lord would move in our heart. Tithe belongs in a local congregation. This is such a huge thing because it is a statement of community. It's not just stating what I believe, it's stating where I belong. I do also want to say, for those who call River City Community Church home, this church invests your tithes very well. We work very hard to try to squeeze a dollar out of every dime. That's what this fellowship does here in our city, through all of our partners, hands and feet, all the stuff that we do around the world. But folks, all that costs money. To support that, it takes resources. And like I said, there isn't any organization... Writing a check. I've applied to the federal government, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, it just, I, I don't know. So it's up to us. You know, you don't dine and dash at a restaurant. You shouldn't at church. Let that, let that ripple through the room. Let me, let me just enjoy this for a moment. <laughs> okay, if you're a guest, I want like, you, just you to just enjoy the next three minutes. Okay, this is not really about you. I want to have a three-minute family meeting with the congregation, okay? So three-minute family meeting. Guests, you kind of just... Enjoy the fireworks, okay? (laughs) We are at a very tight time right now, financially at River City Community Church. If you watch the financial reports that we put, the financial updates in the bulletin, you know that. Last year, we were well below budget when it came to our finances. And so the bookkeeping department did some research and gave me just just some insight into what was happening. Um, we we, We have 
you know, everybody who attends here we call participants, attenders. We have lots of folks who are participants, attenders. Some folks become members, and that's a, that's a different level uh, of involvement. But we got, it's, it's really the lines are very blurry, okay? But of the members, of those who've taken the membership covenant, okay, one-third didn't give anything last year financially. And here's the deal. You go, well, you don't pass the plates, and I forget, you know. Let me tell you why we don't pass a plate. When we started this thing, the Lord really put it on our hearts. We didn't want our guests and our visitors, when they came, thinking we were wanting to, you know, we were wanting money from them. And so we said, we're going to put the offering boxes where we've got them, and we're going to teach on finances, giving, and our people, as a spiritual discipline, will give. Because the Lord said, I'll provide for you. I'll meet your needs. You know, we're in a really tight time right now. It's tight to the place that our staff has taken a 10% pay cut just to help make ends meet. Because here's the deal with finances. It's, it's actually a very simple problem, typically. You know, you either raise income or lower expenses. It's not like, you know, rocket science. And so we're doing everything we can to lower expenses. But you need to know, in the process of all this, the church has grown. Last year, where we came well below budget, the church grew like 20%, which is awesome. There's awesome life change in ministry happening. We are continuing to grow this year, and it's awesome. I, we are at a very exciting time. But as we started looking, we go, okay, in this area, this spiritual discipline, we got a, we got a little work to do. I've got a job as a pastor to do. Because here's the deal. The Lord promised he would provide the needs for this fellowship. So we don't really walk in fear on this. But it does bother me to think of our congregation missing out on what I consider to be such a, a fundamental spiritual discipline that leads to blessing and faith and freedom in your own life. That's one of those things where it's like, okay, we got an issue. And when it comes to this issue of deep roots and of strength and strengthening in our congregation, this is one that I really want us to, I really want us to go after. I want to challenge you. If you are not tithing, I want to challenge you to try it for 90 days. Okay, try it for 90 days. Like, oh, I could never, I would die. No, you won't. No, you won't. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. The third declaration. And this is so significant, so fundamental. I am my father's child, and all that I have is his. All that I have. See, the tithe is what God asks us to give back as that foundational thing. But we understand, Lord, it's all his. It's all his. As followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples, it's all his. Psalm 24, 1 and 2, the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, the world, all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas, established it upon the waters. Haggai 2, 8, the silver's mine, the gold is mine, declared the Lord Almighty. It's all his. We call this stewardship. And let me tell you something about stewardship, folks. It is a burden lifted. One of the main struggles we have when it comes to finance is trying to own something that we know we can't keep. We come in with nothing, and we leave with nothing. That is empirical fact. And understanding the stewardship dynamic begins to free us up in a way that is powerful. I'm his, and everything I have is his. It's an act of stewardship. It's an act of worship and lordship. Tithing, fundamentally, when we tithe every time we get paid, it is an act of worship. And I want to challenge you folks, everything, every step, this act of obedience will open up blessings in every single area of your life. It really will. Because as you begin to see God meet the needs and it comes to finances, all of a sudden when you're dealing with stuff with your kids and you need to trust him on something and trust his word, it'll be a little easier because you discovered, man, he really is trustworthy. I watched him do it with finances. I know he can do it with my kids. I know he can do it in my marriage. I know he can do it in my business. 
steps of faith. I, if I weren't a tither, I don't believe I could have led this fellowship over these last years. Because there's so many steps of faith required, and one of the primary teaching grounds for those steps of faith was in this practice of the tithe. So I, I know God has things He wants to do amazing in your life. Let the tithe be what God intended to be, this bridge to cross over from fear to faith. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.